having all of my time be dedicated to training was surprisingly in the beginning stressful. I was suddenly like, oh, this is it. Like this is everything. And if I don't succeed here, I'm not, then it's nothing. And I've succeeded with nothing because I put all my eggs into this basket. Welcome to the other three years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Other Three Years. This week is really fun episode. I am sharing an interview that I did with a aspiring national team athlete who is also a hydro athlete. So she works for the company Hydro, which if you don't know, you should look it up. It's, it's a pretty cool company. They sell rowing machines and they have screens on them that have athletes doing on-water rowing classes basically. So you follow along from your home on your machine with the athletes that are doing the workout on the water on the screen. It's really cool. I think it's brought rowing into so many, you know, new places where it hasn't been before and made it more accessible because you can do it from the comfort of your own home. So my friend Sarah Moon Busi came on the podcast this week and it was really fun to talk to her. I've known her for a little while, but I learned a lot about her kind of story and how she got into the sport. She started rowing in college at Tufts and then kept that going after college, both working for hydro and training at a few different high performance clubs, which she talks about in the episode. It was really fun to talk to her and she's got a little bit of a different other three years story because she does work for hydro, which is a different kind of you know, part-time job than a lot of other aspiring national team athletes have. And I think that also she started rowing in college and was a division three athlete. Um, she actually grew up rock climbing, which is funny because last week's episode had a uh, USA rock climber, Emma Hunt. So kind of a fun tie in there, but it was, it was really fun to catch up with Sarah and just hear her story. And, you know, she shares some things about how she's gotten to each next level along the way and what keeps her inspired and what keeps her going. So I think it'll be really fun for everyone to listen to as our last episode of 2023 um, before we jump into the Olympic year of 2024 next year. But before we get into that, I wanted to share a little bit about what's going on in my training. I'm actually in Boston right now celebrating the holidays with my family. I grew up in Weston, Massachusetts. So I've been in Boston since the 23rd and am leaving January 2nd to fly back to Sarasota. But I'm home the whole week because my little brother is getting married on New Year's Eve. So we had a great Christmas. It was really nice to see so many of my family and some fr family friends and just celebrate with my whole family. And I think everyone seems really good and really excited because we've got this wedding at the end of the week. So now we are in full-blown wedding mode and that's also really exciting. I think it's going to be a great time and just trying to help out and do what I can to help my mom and my brother and his fiance and everyone get ready for the wedding. And before we know it, everyone's going to start arriving and it's going to be wedding day. It's really fun. And I think it's so great to do it. You know, New Year's Eve, fun fact, my parents actually also got married New Year's Eve. So we have a lot to celebrate, but I think it's really nice because this whole week is kind of a you know, natural 
little downtime vacation week, but it's made it more exciting and more fun. So yeah, just been trying to get in workouts when I can and do things, you know, sleep a little more and just enjoy the sort of restorative periods when you have them because we don't get them very often. And this week is a little bit less on the schedule. So just trying to take the breaks when I can get them, but still, you know, keep my foot on the gas and be doing the things that I need to be doing, following the plan and getting some good workouts in while I'm home. It's definitely gotten a lot easier over the years to do workouts over holiday weeks. I think when I was younger, it was hard and it was not really fun at all. Now it's just like a part of my day and I honestly kind of look forward to it. I, I love working out. I think that if I have advice for people that need help working out over the holidays, it's always to do it in the morning because it's just so much easier to be motivated then and you just get up and do it and then you can do whatever you have to do for the rest of the day and it's not like looming ahead of you. Besides that, I, I went to the dentist, sell a clean bill of dental health. So that's pretty good. Other than that, just excited to see my family come into town and friends and then have a great time at the wedding. So now it is time for my conversation with Sarah and I hope that everyone feels inspired to do a hydro workout with her. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm super excited. Yeah, thanks for having me, Christy. I just thought it'd be cool if you just introduce yourself a little bit and kind of share with the audience how you kind of got into rowing. Yeah. So started by saying I was a competitive rock climber for most of my life before I started rowing. I started that when I was like five years old. And then basically I had a, a best friend in high school who was a rower and she was always telling me I should try. And I was like, no, it's not for me. I climb. <laughs> That's my thing. And I got to school. I went to Tufts. I got there and was like, I am a student now and I'm going to do fitness and stuff, but I don't really need to be climbing all the time. I'll just do it for fun. And I quickly realized that that was not going to work for me. Um, you know, I just like was very jarring to not have a team or kind of a direction training wise anymore. So I had my friend's voice in the back of my head, kind of at the end of my freshman year saying, you should try rowing, you should try rowing. And so when I came back my sophomore fall, I walked onto the team and then started my rowing trajectory from there. <laughs> at what point did you feel like you were transitioning from, okay, now I'm just trying a new sport and this is really fun and to like, I want to be really good at this other sport. I would say my senior year, I really loved what I was doing. I loved the progress I had made over at that point, you know, two years of rowing. And so I started talking to my coaches a little bit about like what the options were for pursuing more, seeing how far I could go. You know, it was pretty nebulous at that point. Um, what more was, but I think I first started focusing on like trying to get my ergs down to somewhere I thought was, you know, it was always like a competition with myself. And so I just, you know, was focusing on chipping away at those. And, and then my senior year, I really thought, you know, Hey, maybe I should try to do the under 23 team. Maybe I could do it. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'll throw some applications out there. So I would say it hadn't really entered my mind until that final year in school, which is, 
really why I have the, had the itch after graduating was because I, you know, it, it felt unfinished to me. Yeah, but it's still like crazy impressive that you were at under 23 camp, you know, like yeah. within three years of starting a new sport. Yeah, I was um, beyond surprised that I had been accepted to the under 23 camp. So you went to under 23 camp after your senior year. Yeah, so I would say this is the moment that lives in my in my mind rent free when when I like think about like when did I really decide I wanted to like train train is we had a a 30 minute rate 22 test at a I don't know I think it was maybe a weekend and I walked into the room they did it in waves and the scholars were all in, in the second wave and I walked into the room in Wall Street and it was like the music was bumping and there was just like all these powerful women erging together in slits that I like I was like what <laughs> um on the screen and it was so cool I was like this is an environment I I wanted to experience I didn't even know really what it would feel like or that it existed but that I was looking for in college you know in in those first few years and didn't really find and I was like, oh my gosh, it's here. This is it. So I can't stop now. I got to meet these people and I got to row with them. That's so cool. But I totally know what you mean. Like just being so inspired by how amazing people are. Like I feel that way all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I still feel that way, you know, like when all the, the women were to, are together, you know, last year before Speed Orders in Sarasota, um, I think like having that environment where I just like get to see everybody in one place. It's always like really inspiring to me. So that's what, that's what I do it for. I totally get that. So how did Hydro come into the mix? The sequence of events was at the 2018 selection camp. I had graduated college and I was planning on training at Riverside and working, you know, at a biotech company in Boston. And when I officially did not make the quad that I was there for um, at selection camp, the coaches pulled me aside and they were like, do you have a job? <laughs> um, and I was like, what do you mean? They're like, like, what's your plan? Are you going to go work somewhere? I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to move to Boston and I'm going to stay there and train at Riverside. Um, and they were like, okay, well, there's this opportunity that's come up. They're looking for rowers for this company called, at the time it was called Crew by True Rowing. And I was like, weird name, but okay. <laughs> they're like, do you wanna like maybe think about it? Uh, talk to somebody that they're, they're looking for people, you know, here. Um, and we think you could be like maybe a good fit. And so I talked to Justin Moore on the phone like a couple days later. Um, who was, I think his title was like director of high performance at, at crew by true rowing. He, yeah, he basically kind of talked me into to applying for the, the position that at the time was also called rowing superstar, <laughs> which quickly changed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I like took a hard left turn and was like, this could be a cool place for me to, pursue rowing and then also, you know, like bring it to other people, which is something that, you know, I still love about it. Yeah. So I, I applied, they, they accepted me. I was 
Me, Danny Hansen, and Nick Karwaski at that point, and then many others soon to follow. But yeah, so it was a pretty small team at the beginning there. And it was a cool way at that point for my development. Like I just needed to get meters in and that was a great way for me to do it. You know, work on this kind of like on-screen workout, you know, fun stuff. And then also in my much free time aside from that was, was training a lot. So I have like so many questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it's, I think it's really cool that I don't think people understand you are actually an elite athlete and then you're also, you know, the hydro athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And like your hydro workouts are just like a tiny portion of what you are doing in a day. And if you just feel like people that, you know, tune in, I don't know what you call it, tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't get that right. For sure. It's funny too. Like, I feel like sometimes I try to downplay it almost like if I have what is, because I'm trying to talk to people in a way that I think is manageable and accessible, you know, for somebody who has a hydro, you know, they've carved out, let's say 20 minutes of their day and they want to feel like really good about that. And I want them to feel really good about that. So I don't want to say, Hey, I just came from doing a hundred minutes on the water. Like, let's get this bread. So I do, I try to downplay it, but it's true. You know, I'll do a very long session, come into the boathouse, maybe rinse off, put my makeup on and then go back out and and do (laughs) the 20 minute sweat that we're about to do. So yeah. (laughs) And what's it like, like getting all made up and having, you know, to be wearing like your outfits and stuff? Yeah. Because that's not really like rowing practice the way that we traditionally do it. No, it's not. It's fun. I think it's a cool way to express myself, finding what my like style is in this exact context um, has, has been really fun. You know, I, I love finding like colorful outfits and like putting my hair. I don't, I still don't know how to do my hair in like anything but a bun or a braid, but my hair, I put some fun eyeliner on. Like, I think it's, um, it's a cool way to like express myself on screen. It is funny to do, cause I've done my makeup in some weird places and <laughs> I like do not care what people think at this point, but I was certainly very self-conscious about it in the beginning. I'd be like, you know, also at a certain point, like I, um, I wasn't training like fully with hydro. I was training at the Riverside HPG and then doing hydro. And so I would kind of run between boat houses on the Charles. And so, you know, sometimes I'd come in and like some of the, the masters rowers would be like, you don't need makeup to row. It's okay. And I'd be like, no, it's not. It's different. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I think it's really cool. Like melding the two worlds of kind of the rowing community. And then like this awesome community that hydro is building to like bring rowing to so many more people. Yeah, it definitely is. I love, I would say my number one thing I love when I meet members and they say anything to me, if they have, they got a hydro, they liked rowing so much and they went to like a boathouse somewhere. Some of them drive forever to like go find a boathouse to learn how to row and they do a learn to row class. That makes me so happy. I feel like that is a win, right? To get people on the water. Yeah. And what's it like being kind of famous? <laughs> I uh, I don't think that famous is the right word. <laughs> I feel like it is well known. Yeah, maybe. In a, in like a niche little sphere. 
yeah, it's cool. Like I, I think when, when I get recognized, <laughs> I always have in the back of my mind, like never meet your heroes, you know, cause some people will be like, Oh my gosh, it's Sarah. And I'm like, wow. Like, cause a lot of times when I meet people, I'll be like, in the grocery, like sweaty, like jump, nothing like what I look like on screen, right? And so I always have this fear of like disappointing somebody in the back of my mind of when they meet real me, but it is real me. So, you know, can't apologize for that. Also, like if it is like a more like sanctioned event where I'm prepared to meet people, it is really fun, I think, to like hear their stories and people come to Hydro from all different ways and um, hear about it in different ways and it's impacted them in different ways. And and so I just, I, I do really love hearing people's stories. It's, it's special. That's, that's awesome. So then you did move to Craftsbury, but you're still like a Hydro athlete, correct? Yes. So that's really awesome that they're like supporting you through that. Yeah, I mean, from from both sides, right? Like, from the moment I joined Hydro, I told them I was very clear about what my goals and ambitions were. Because at that point, I, I did know that I wanted to see, you know, exactly how far I could get with rowing and that I wanted to prioritize it, you know, above pretty much everything. And um, so it was never a secret that I would put it first if it came, if it came to that. And when I joined it, it was a very small startup. I was the 19th employee and we didn't know where things were going to go. And so initially in, in the beginning, you know, we had like a nice little training group. I knew once the company really was getting big and we were like going to Alaska and Japan and like all these really awesome places. I was like, I love this. I think it's so fun. I wish I could go but I can't like, and, and I was clear with them about that. I would go like domestic travel, you know, locations, but not the big international trips because that just doesn't fit as you know, like in, <laughs> in the plan. Um, <laughs> so I think when we started doing those big travel trips and, and when things got really big because of the pandemic, and I knew that there would be a time when I would have to kind of like veer off a little bit more than, than I had. So the, the past year I, I said, I want to take a step back even, even further. And I went part-time with them and moved up to Vermont and yeah, now live in Craftsbury and have been up there for a little over a year training with the team and love it. So yeah, it's been a story of growth and balance the whole way. <laughs> Like, have you noticed differences with having just like more time to focus on training in like a more focused training group? Yeah. I mean, I think a big part of training, at least from my eyes, is like having the environment be the right environment for you and being happy and, and feeling supported. And I definitely found that when I moved to Craftsbury um, because, you know, I feel like there's something really cool about when you live with rowers who are like, everyone's at a very high level because you're all really on the same page about many, many things, including like social life. Like you're, we're all going to go to bed at eight, eight o'clock. So, you know, I think being in the woods and, and having each other for company and, and being on the same page about those things was really great and took up some stress out of my life that I didn't even like know was there. Having all of my time be dedicated to training was surprisingly in the beginning stressful. I was suddenly like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is everything. And if I don't succeed here, I'm not, then it's nothing. And I've succeeded with nothing because I put all my eggs into this basket. So I did for a few months last year, like harbor some stress 
regarding that very pervasive thought. Um, and, um, have been like, since I've been there learning to grow and let go of that and say, you know, just because you're here and you have everything in this basket, like it doesn't mean you are failing or succeeding or like at your entire life. I think that has been like a, a struggle I did not expect, but also comes with the territory of, of fully pursuing something. I mean, that's a really good point. <laughs> I definitely struggle with it myself. Yeah. As the focus narrows, it's like, I don't know. It's like all for this. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I like like having other things because then I can give myself the brain space away from rowing in a more natural way that's not just like watching Netflix, which isn't a bad choice, but yeah, it's just. No, I, f- I fully agree with that. I think that was another thing I realized when when I was like, have like having a lot of stress about that is that I can lean more into the, because I have other things in my life still. It's not all this, even though I moved to the woods to do it. Yeah. So I, I can like lean into what the work I'm doing with hydro more. I can lean into like reading more books. I think that's, I think that's like good life advice too, for people beyond just rowing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So do you ever go rock climbing anymore? (laughs) That's a good question. So my mom actually, she loves to rock climb. She started when I started, like as a five-year-old, she used to go climbing with her friends when I was at practice and stuff. Now, when I go home, sometimes she'll pressure me into, into going with her, which it's fun to do. And then I'll also go sometimes with my friends from my, you know, my childhood team, mostly as like a social catch up and do a couple climbs every once in a while, but not a lot. Would you like ever do some of these crazy out, outdoor climbs? Um, I would not free solo if that's what you're asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them wear ropes. Yes. So we would primarily, obviously with, with competing, you're indoors, but as a team, we would go after like big competition seasons were over, we'd go on, on outdoor trips. Sometimes I climb outside. I would go outside again. You know, it's, it's, it's really fun to do. That's so cool. <laughs> I don't have the upper body strength. You know, I still can like rip out like a good, a good number of pull-ups, but I do have a hard time. The stuff I could, I used to be able to do. I'm like, ah, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so just like looking forward, do you think that you'll, and I don't know if this is a controversial question, but like continue working for hydro for a while? Yeah, I think. I wanted to continue to fit in my life in in a good way. Like, I think the balance I have found right now works very well. Um, And I hope to continue to find a balance with it in the future. Because like I said, like it is something I I really enjoy doing. I love making workouts for people. I like like the actual filming of workouts, I think is so fun. It's super creative. And when you do something well, like when, when I plan it and execute it the way that I planned it, I feel so good about it. It's like having like a good piece. Like it's, it's really, um, it's a really good feeling to be there in in some capacity. Um, I'm not exactly sure like what the next, you know, five years holds, um, figuring that out, but, um, yeah, I I hope to, hope to stay connected with it. And how's like, training and everything going you guys are still kicking it 
in Vermont, right? We actually oh. just, I would say we just all dispersed. So we're um, doing our respective things for the holidays. And then we are starting in Florida, in Inverness on the 1st. So we'll be, we'll be down there soon. And then who knows what, what happens after that. But yeah, we'll be in Inverness for a while and then in Sarasota before speed order. I feel good. I just had a 6K PR that was like pretty unexpected because I was sick for most of the fall. So yeah, I feel, I feel pretty good. I'm excited to just take my own steps this season. Like, you know, I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself last year because of the things that I mentioned before. Like, and so I think this year I, I want to, you know, take pressure off of myself for making like that decision and just take the strides that I personally can. Congrats on your PR. Thanks. <laughs> I'll channel that because I have my 6K tomorrow. Nice, nice. Do you guys have, uh, are you doing the multi, multi-test multi situation? Yeah, so we did the 2K today and then we have the 6K tomorrow. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions for me? First, I'll say, I think about your like trajectory and progress a lot, actually, because I feel like you had this like, I mean, you went to Yale and you were, from what I've heard, you can correct me if I'm wrong, kind of like <laughs> you're given the short end of the stick, like a lot of the time. And, um, and then I feel like took like a couple years and then really found your stride, you know, around 2020, maybe the pandemic was great for you. But, um, I, I mean, I would love to, to hear about if anything changed in those couple of years for you. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. You're, you're right. I, I, uh, I just kind of came to this realization through like people telling me and then also me understanding that I had kind of been like cherry picking from the bottom. Like, oh, I came 11th in this NSR. I want to come ninth next year. And then I want to, you know, whatever. And I think I was trying to be like the last person to make the boat, like not consciously but sort of subconsciously like I just want to get invited to camp I just want to make it through the first round I just want to whatever and then in 2020 like post the first summer of the pandemic they had this little camp in Princeton and I went and I I didn't do badly but I did not do that well and they were literally like if you want to be considered for a boat you have to be winning races like you have to be in the top finisher well actually first I was like "Ugh, I'm over this <laughs> I feel bad for myself blah 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 and then I was kind of like okay well I've got this big chunk of time I'm just gonna try to make the final which is was four people at singles olympic trials and just kind of put like everything into that and just started training as like that's going to be my result yeah. and I don't know. It just kind of changed, but I did change. I did train a lot during the pandemic. Yeah. I think my stress reaction was just like, I can control working out mm -hmm. and keeping that kind of consistency in my life. And I don't really know. I think it just, a lot of things clicked at the right time for me. Like I would never wish a global pandemic to happen, obviously, but the extra year really helped me. And Honestly, if the Olympics had happened in 2020, I probably wouldn't have made it and I probably would have retired. Wow. Even if in 2021, I still would have taken that same step, you know? 
So I think it's been a good reminder for like me personally in just trusting the process and just keep showing up. There's some famous female athlete quote of just keep showing up and eventually you'll get there. And I feel like for me, that really did happen. So many people with so much more talent just retired or quit or whatever. And I just was like, I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah. So would you say it was like more of a mental shift? Like, was it that you manifested this change in your thinking and then it, it did end up in results or was it like a little bit of a change and then you got a result and it was positive feedback after that? I feel like it was a combination of the two. I really was training in a different sphere. I was not surprised with my result. And I don't think Kat was surprised with my result. Like I had been going that fast in training. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, they held like a COVID cup in Boston and they invited all these people. They invited people from Craftsbury. They didn't invite us. And I was like pissed. I'm like, I'm going to show them, you know? So I just feel like you create these little things in your head. Like, honestly, maybe they did invite us and Kat just never told us. I have no idea, you know? <laughs> well, I'll manifest it too. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I really think that, like, no one should be counted out. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This is super fun. Thanks, Sarah, for coming on. I hope everyone really enjoyed that episode. I know I did. And before I leave you this week, I just want to leave a quote of the week. So this is from Judy Garland, and she says, always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. So have a great week and have a really happy new year and see you in 2024. Bye. I'd love to hear from you, so send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.